Hello, 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 my friends. Uh, today, I am back from having a whole week away from my computer. Uh, internet didn't work. I had no internet connection, no phones, no texts. And I am back. And um, not only am I back, but I spent that week rubbing shoulders, hanging out, splashing in the waters, uh, eating ice cream, <laughs> going for hikes with some of the most amazing people that I've ever met. These people have multi-million dollar businesses. They have best-selling books. They have um, podcasts with millions of listeners. They are changing the world. They are successful entrepreneurs and philanthropists and innovators. And I got to have a very, very exclusive, in-depth look at their lives. And I walked away with so much insight and knowledge. And the number one takeaway is there is nothing that they have that makes them unique. What I'm trying to say is there's nothing that they did that you can't do. They weren't born on third base. They weren't born with a silver spoon in their mouth. They didn't have any handouts or shortcuts or anything like that. In fact, it was just the opposite. Many of them grew up in broken homes, abused by their parents, alcoholic families, um, living on welfare and food stamps and not knowing how they're going to pay the rent. And they shared how they turned their lives around. And if you want to learn that, if you really want to adapt the habits of these successful individuals, listen to the end of this podcast, listen all the way through. In fact, grab a notebook, take notes, write things down, because this needs to get ingrained in your mind and part of your daily routine. So listen up and I'm going to share everything I learned coming up. This is Carla White and you're listening to The G-Spot where I talk about gratitude, giving back, grace, and God. And in this episode, you're going to learn about how to make that 2019 quantum leap from where you're at to where you really want to go by tweaking daily implemented tweaks. So one of the biggest takeaways that I got was when we think about a goal, for example, I really want to publish a book. I've got this book and I'm burning right through my hole in my brain. And when I think about all the steps involved, because I've published books before, I start to um, get fearful. Fearful that nobody will read it, that will get bad reviews, that um, writing it will be extremely hard. All these things that hold me back. Now, uh we often think that once we get that book written, once we have that million dollars, that fear will dissipate. It'll be gone and we'll be free from the fear. Now, here's the thing. These folks that are earning million plus, you know, they got the beautiful clothes, the dripping in jewelry or whatever, you know, they are just, they show their success. They show their transformation. And the one thing that I notice is that they don't 
when they put the, a goal in front of them, when they put that next challenge in front of them, they don't analyze the whole route every single step of the way. They focus on the very next step. And that's it. They put blinders on. They don't get shiny object syndrome. They have their focus is directly on that next step. And the only thing that they're consuming is something that's going to help them make that next step. Whether it be get a product launch, whether it be figure out what the audience wants, whether it be just write a podcast, they are only exclusively focused on that next step. And everything else goes on a to-do list for later. So when you're thinking about your big goal, what is the very next step? Not is, not, don't, what is every single step? Because there's no way your mind can comprehend it. Because your mind only knows what it has experienced. And when you get to that next step, your mind will have new experiences. It will have new ideas. It'll have new ways of resolving situations. And so in order for you to figure out step number eight, nine, and 10, your brain doesn't have the capacity to do that right now. It doesn't have all the knowledge to do that right now. But it has the knowledge to do step one. And it has enough capacity to do step one. And when what step one is behind you, focus on step two and keep it that simple. Now, the people that I met on this cruise that I've been hanging out with, they, <laughs> no offense to them, but they aren't rocket scientists. They aren't, they weren't the 4.0 students, the Valley Victorians. They don't have PhDs. In fact, a lot of them, a majority of them, struggled in college. They dealt with depression. They were ridiculed as children. They had a lot of trauma growing up and they didn't use that trauma as an excuse to stay stuck. In fact, just the opposite. They used that trauma to give them leverage to get ahead. Because here's the thing, all of us have trauma in our lives, all of us. All, I mean, these guys still have fear in their lives. They still have trauma in their lives. They're still experiencing things that are scaring the crap out of them. But the difference is they look at what they accomplished. They see what they did. And they know in their mind that they slayed that dragon before. And maybe what they need to get through this challenge ahead of them, whatever it is. It could be a lawsuit. It could be, um, you know, breaking up with a business partner. It could be trying to move home or expand your business or, you know, dealing with refunds in their business. It can be also, it could be health problems, whatever it is. They've slayed a dragon before. And this is just another dragon dressed up in different clothes. And their mind, in their mind, they know that by taking that next step forward, they can slay this dragon too because they've done it before. So when you look at the past, your past, whether um, you had money issues growing up, whether you had an abusive parent or alcoholic parents or, you know, I myself, I wet my pants in first and second grade. Like I was the stinky pants in school. I was 
teased and ridiculed. And in fact, I was bullied all the way through high school by who women, girls who were supposed to be my best friends. Now, I could have used that. I could always use that to say, you can't trust people. And I'm a victim and I've been bullied and teased and therefore... I need to hide out, not expose myself to other people. I shouldn't be doing this podcast because somebody's going to call me up, send me an email saying, look, you don't know anything. What do you think you know? In fact, I just posted some help to uh, a friend on Facebook who's dealing with insomnia and I gave him some tips and somebody came right back at me saying, look, you're not right. You're, you're wrong about your tips. Um, that's going to happen when you put your neck out there. And, but you know what else happens? You also are helping people. I also have an email from somebody who told me personally that I saved her life by helping her adapt a gratitude habit. She said she heard the message before from other people, but for some reason, my story, my voice resonated with her. She could connect with me for whatever reason it is. Now, I, I'm no one more special than you. My friends that I was on the boat with are no special than me or you. They just had these daily little tweaks that changed their lives. And I boiled it down into a few that I want to share with you. Um, and I boiled them down into, I'm going to give you my top five in this podcast, I'm going to break this into three different podcasts because this is an extensive list. I mean, first off, we have to realize that um, our, our, our habits are based on our beliefs. And our beliefs were instilled on us as during our formative years growing up. So when we were born, we had no beliefs. We pooped, we ate, we slept, that's it. No beliefs. And then as we grew up, we started to adapt these beliefs. And basically all it is is information that's hardwired into our brain so then our brain can make decisions quicker because it has to make a gazillion decisions a day and it wants to make these decisions quicker so you have this information in your brain that it uses to shortcut the decision making process and that is what you call a belief now the beliefs get instilled on us over repetition of messages now the repetition of messages that you could have received growing up is money doesn't grow on trees. We aren't the Rockefellers. Um, you got to work hard to earn it. Um, you're too poor to have a life like that. You don't deserve that. Um, you got to earn that. So, so these are messages that get hardwired into our subconscious. They form a belief and we're making so many decisions your whole life reflects those beliefs you can look at your fingernails and what your fingernails look like reflect your beliefs okay the clothes you wear the food you eat the, your haircut uh what you use for toothpaste everything reflects your beliefs now some beliefs serve you really well some not so well, right? <laughs> you know, like the belief that you got to have a couple of beers to loosen up and have fun on the weekend. That's probably not the best belief to have. But these beliefs, these these beliefs that don't serve you well, weren't trumped up out of nowhere. Like you didn't just decide, hey, I'm going to have a habit that's going to hurt my health. Nobody wakes up in the morning deciding that. 
they get instilled on us. And uh, this goes way back to during the industrial age when we had this abundance of goods, all these goods, all these shirts and pots and pans and things that um, could be mass produced suddenly. Suddenly we went from wearing one suit a lifetime to now we wear one suit for a wedding and that's it. Never wear it again, right? Uh, we go from making our own soap, or our grandparents, great-grandparents did, went from making their own soap and taking a lot of pride in that. I'm sure they had a very special technique to doing that, to like just grabbing it, putting it on a shopping list, grabbing it, and throwing it in your cart. Um, and the what happened is when there was all of this abundance of goods, nobody was buying it because we made our own stuff. We used a pot and pan for an entire lifetime. We didn't see a need to buy a new one. So the government went to marketers and they said, look, you gotta help us ship these goods. And the marketers went, sure enough, we'll redefine what it means to be American. And so what they did was they used storytelling to create the idea of what it is to be American, the white picket fence, the big Cadillac, the uh, two, three car garage, the children, the clothes, you know, the nine to five job. Hi, honey, I'm home. You know, all this was used, uh, was created through storytelling. Suddenly, uh, being an American wasn't about pioneering new frontiers. It was about consuming goods. So they put it into our minds that if you consume things, Happiness can be found in the bottom of a Coke bottle or um, in the dials of a Rolex. You know, this is where you find happiness. But all of this is myth. All of this isn't true. So we fall into these habits of thought, these beliefs that um, where we're overworked, we're overtired, and we're consuming more, we're producing more trash than ever, but our happiness levels have plummeted. In fact, 75% of Americans are on one prescription drug or more, and eight of the top 10 prescribed drugs are for stress-related illnesses. I mean, when somebody posts on Facebook, I get these posts all the time, help me with my sleep, and what so often, I saw every single time the advice is melatonin, ask your doctor for a prescription, drink wine. Um, <laughs> there's, I mean, all these crutches and those things will just make your sleep worse. Your body can't sleep. Your body can sleep. Your body is wired to sleep naturally. You do not need melatonin. You do not need, um, other natural drugs. You don't need prescription drugs. You do not need alcohol to fall asleep. But what's been so wired in us, I mean, it starts out with, oh, I slept really good uh, on that NyQuil. I believe I need some NyQuil to get to sleep. And there's a new belief that starts and you get a habit and a pattern. And so um, all of this just comes down to habits and beliefs. All of it does. And if you can shift your beliefs, you can shift your habits, you can shift your lifestyle. So um, 
I'm going to just throw out a few things. I want you to write these down and think about them in your own life. How this, how this affects, is affected in your own life. Because here's the number one thing. A lot of people limit their goals on what they think they can have rather than what they want. So I had a mentor once. She said, look, list everything that you could possibly want. And so I put all these materialistic things on there. I put like um, a new car. I put um, a new house. I put I, I, I put um, clothes and shoes and trips and uh, private jet rides. And my mentor, she read through my list and she said, okay, so you want a new home. Where do you want that? And I said, well, let's say Paris. And she said, okay, well, why don't you have three homes in Paris? And I went, well, isn't that a little greedy? She goes, why? No, they exist. Why is having three homes in Paris greedy? Okay, so I put three homes in Paris. Now, she said, you want to ride in a private jet? Why don't you own that private jet? Again, I thought, well, then that's, who am I to own this? And it... I looked at this from a materialistic way, but then I started to look at it from my health. And this is where it gets really interesting because with my health, I have yo-yoed. I have went from like nearly 200 pounds way down to, I think, 123 or 24 um, and back up again to 150. I keep bouncing around and what would happen is when I get down to 125, 100, you know, I think 132 is a pretty good weight for me. Um, but when I would dip, when I get down to my ideal weight, something would trigger in my mind that would say, I'm exposing myself. This isn't who I'm meant to be. Um, there's something in the back of my mind would boomerang me back to what my self-worth thought I should have. And it's interesting how our beliefs in our subconscious and all of our habits act like a thermostat in our home. They keep us in a comfort zone. They keep us in this boundary, this lane that we believe we are supposed to have. It comes with our weight, it comes with our earning potential caps, our relationships, um, where we live, what we take on, our, all of our beliefs. They stay within the thermostat. And what do I mean by that? I mean, when you set the thermostat in your home for to 70 degrees and you open up a window, the thermostat is going to kick in. and So it becomes 70 degrees in that house again. And our subconscious does the exact same thing. When I would lose the weight, something would kick in, all sorts of warning signs and bells or whistles, whatever, and I would enjoy it for a little bit of time, but eventually I would go back to where I was before. Same thing with my earning potential. I would, when I lived in Europe, the first time I earned well over six figures, um, I remember thinking to myself that, what am I going to do with all this money? 
who am I? I don't need all this. Why do I have this? Well, sure enough, boomeranged right back down to living on somebody's sofa again. We went going from the high earnings to living on somebody's sofa. And then I went back to earning high again. And the same thoughts went in my mind. And like business fell apart. Went back to not having the, the means to to afford what I wanted. And uh, just was back and forth like a yo-yo. And so ask yourself, are you limiting your goals on what you think you can have? rather than what you want. Now, the other thing, this number two, is a lot of us, what these what these people did, these successful people did on the cruise was they would jump in, cannonball, both feet in, full immersion, whether it was, I'm going to be a drummer, they didn't never drum before in their lives. And they went out to Amazon. They bought the drum set. They got the amps. They got the lessons. They, they, I am a drummer. And they went full throttle, full throttle into whatever they were going to do. If they were going to redefine their body, they weren't just going to hit the gym and go to a couple of classes. They were going to join um, a bodybuilding competition that year. Uh, and I know in my best parts of my life, when I went full throttle, that was the ultimate best. I jumped on a plane very first time in my life when I was 20 years old, flew over to Germany to live for an entire year, barely spoke a word of German. Best decision I ever made. Absolutely. I mean, learned the language, learned so much about myself, learned so much about survival learned travel. Definitely full immersion. Second time I did this, I wanted to quit smoking because while I was living in Germany, I picked up some bad habits. Smoking was one of them. And so I, to quit smoking, I decided to run a marathon because you cannot smoke and be a runner at the same time. And if you are, you must have lungs of steel. But I myself could not. So I started running to quit smoking. And I wasn't just going to start a running habit. I joined the, I signed up for the New York City Marathon and I went from couch potato, potato, heart, not exercising at all, could barely get up a flight of stairs to running the New York City Marathon within seven months. And it is absolutely possible. So are you just going half throttle, doing it with a lukewarm tip, tip on a toe in the water? Not sure of yourself? Are you going to do full immersion? And when you do full immersion, assume the identity of that person. If you want to write a book, declare that you're a writer. Introduce yourself. I am a writer. Discover the habits of a writer. What does a writer do? Well, they get up and they write. When they're bored, they write. When they are sitting there at a bus stop, they write. They write, they write, they write, they write. Everything is a story. They're constantly looking for stories. Whatever it is, the identity you want. If you want to be a runner, get up and run. If you want to be have abs of steel, work on your abs every single day. Now, here's the third thing. Um, they, rather than trying harder, these multimillionaires, rather than trying harder, 
they would try things differently. So rather than doing the same thing more and more and more and more, they would see how can I do this differently? How can I constantly do this differently? Um, and because a lot of times we feel like, let me explain this in a better way. When you earn a million dollars over the course of 40 years, that value of the million dollars is way different than if you earn that million dollars over the course of 40 weeks. So you tried, you had to work really hard to get that 40 or 1 million over the course of 40 years. That's a very long time and a very hard way to get it. But if you manage to get that over the course of 40 weeks, you did something differently than the rest of the people out there. And I will tell you, most people I meet aren't doing daily power rituals. They aren't investing in their mindset. They aren't putting themselves out there. They're not trying to make these quantum leaps. And so honest to God, I mean, so many people have their heads in their phones, so addicted to their devices. And again, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, but I, Devices are as addictive as crack. All right, I design for I design these apps, and they are designed to be as addictive as crack. So that's not an excuse for you to have them in your face. It's a wake up call to get them out of your face. Okay, so um, devices are extremely addictive. If you can manage to put your device down for an entire week, just working on your self empowerment ritual. You'll be lightning years ahead of most of the world. It really doesn't take that much. All right, here's another differential between these people and the majority of the folks in the world. They test their limits. They don't believe in their limits. They test them. So they... They, they don't let doubt stop them. They let, if something, if there's a doubt in their mind, they test it. So how many times have you come across uh, a challenge, uh, something that said, you know, this is too hard. You can't do this. Stop this. I mean, I can think just this morning in bar class, my body so desperately wanted me to get out of the hold that we were in and the reps that we were doing. It so desperately just wanted to lay on the floor. And as I looked around, there were a lot of strong, powerful women laying on the floor. They stopped. They stopped long before the instructor told them to rest. And the thing is that I discovered is when I hit that wall, when my body says, this is enough, it isn't enough. It isn't. In fact, I'm only at 40%. And the way to power through that when you have fear in your mind, and I'm not going to get into all the neuroscience, but a really easy way to push through fear and your limits is to inhale through your nose, take a deep breath through your nose, and exhale through your mouth as if you're blowing out of a straw. 
And I'm not gonna get into the whole neuroscience of how that works, but when you feel like you got a doubt and you feel like you got a limit and you've got fear stopping you, do those breaths, do five of them in a row and see how quickly it resets your mindset, so quickly. All right, now I'm gonna wrap this up because it's getting pretty long, but here's the last one um, that I'm gonna leave you with. Um, the biggest thing that I loved about these people is that they embraced failure. They were happy to make a, a mistake. Problems, problems weren't proof that they should quit and give up. Problems and mistakes were evidence on how to be different and try things differently. So a lot of us, all of us, going through school, we were told that a mistake was an F, a failure, um, a bad grade. And so mistakes were not allowed. We were conditioned to believe that mistakes were bad. And when we got out of school, if we had a mistake, we would absorb that as we made a problem. This is not for me. I'm going down the wrong path. This is too hard. And we stay in one small little lane of excellence instead of using all these other gifts that we have, instead of stepping out into the unknown and doing things that are a little freaky and scary that could really exponentiate your success. And so these folks, they didn't jump, just jump on a podcast and go, holy crap, I have a voice for this and launch and end up on the top of the charts. No, they they created hundreds of podcasts before they finally figured out how to find their voice. They had, I mean, one guy, he's the billion dollar cowboy. He walks, he, he dresses like a cowboy and he goes to school to become a fashion consultant. He walks in to the school Cowboy hats, cowboy boot, Wranglers, and a nice Western shirt. And it was the first time in his entire life that he realized that he dressed differently than everybody else. So, but he didn't stop. He kept dressing like he wanted to. And he didn't see his difference as being a failure. I got to change this. And like, I got to give up and quit. No, he embraced it and he carried on forward and figured out how can I use this to my advantage. So, all right, that was a long-winded podcast. My goodness, this is what happens when I finally get back on uh, technology, well over 30 minutes. And so if you want to really make 2019 a quantum leap in your life, I invite you to join my Limitless Challenge. It's 21 days to really instill powerful habits into your life. And you can sign up for it at carlawhite.org, carlawhite.org forward slash 21 days, uh, the number 21 and the word days, and go in there. It's not even 20 bucks, honey. You can't even get your Starbucks for that much. I mean, and this is proving to change lives. There's one gentleman he is only, let's see, about, what is today? The 15th. So he's two weeks into it and he's lost well over seven pounds. 
has way more energy and is sleeping better than he ever has before. So if you want those kind of results, I invite you to join the Limitless Challenge. Or if you just want a little power tool to help you every single day, download my app. It's called My Gratitude Journal. You can find it on the App Store, on the iTunes Store. And I will catch you again later.